Well, good morning, church. It's so good to be with you. And if you're a first-time guest, thank you so much for joining us for church this morning. We'd love to invite you to check out our church website, SalemHeightsChurch.org, to learn more about who we are and what we have going on in this season. Well, I am standing in our auditorium, and as you can see behind me, we are well underway in our renovations here in the auditorium. Uh, we're rebuilding our stage. The framework is being laid out, and this is just one of many updates and improvements we've been making to the building during this time. As you may remember, we had some flooding in this room, which required a lot of repairs, and so I'm happy to report that the walls have been repaired, new paint is going on, and many other updates are happening. And we are so excited uh, and looking forward to the day when we will all be able to regather in this room and worship the Lord together. So uh, until that time, we are so thankful that you've joined us online. And now we invite you to join us in worship.
for my God is the ancient of words ever true and changing me and changing you and we have come with open hearts oh let the ancient words impart and ancient words ever true and changing me changing you and we have come with open hearts oh let the ancient words impart and father may that be true may your word have its impact on us as it should today and as you desire for us and we are so thankful that you love us and care about us enough to send your word for us so we might know you. God, we are so thankful. God, I would pray that you would help us to remember in these days that you are in control and that you have something good for us ahead. God, and we gotta believe that. And we're thankful that you do and that we're not here just to wander aimlessly. We pray that you would help us today now as we hear from your word. May it impact us deeply and may we be changed as a result. In Christ's precious name, amen. Well, good morning, church. It's so good to be with you, and uh, hopefully you've had a chance this morning to enjoy worship with a friend or with your family, and, and now we're going to turn our attention to God's Word. And So if you have your Bibles, I would love for you to grab them and open them to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And we're actually going to wrap up this week our series, In the Desert But Not Deserted. You know, for several weeks, uh, we've been looking at this passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 where Paul is pointing back to the Israelites to look at their lives and some of the things that they struggled with in the desert. And I believe that Paul is doing that because it is common for all of us to go through seasons where we feel like we are in the desert, where life and circumstances seem out of our control and they seem to be making it difficult for us to live life, enjoy life, and really understand where are we going and where are we headed. We uh, gave you guys an acronym. For how do you handle the heat of the desert? And we said, well, you apply ice. And the first part of ice is to inspect your heart. This was our starting point the very first week. Well, we wanted us to, as we were kind of going through a season that feels like we're in the desert, uh, it's not just COVID. It's, it's all the things that have changed over the last year uh, for 2020. We asked and encouraged everyone to inspect their own heart. What is God trying to teach us? What is God trying to maybe do business with? What is God wanting us to remember in times of uncertainty? The second part of ICE is to comfort others with the comfort that we receive from God's Word, the things that He does in our lives that try to help us be able to see Him and see what He's at work doing. God wants us to be comforted. He does not want us to be left with this feeling that we're disconnected, unseen, uncared for. 
The Bible tells us that God is the God of all comfort. And so once we see that, after inspecting our heart and searching out the scriptures to hear from God, we are called then to comfort others. And the last part of ICE is to elevate our view. This is so key for us to be able to see God and to see things accurately because that perspective that comes from seeing God first and then looking at the landscape of our lives is going to give us the proper perspective. It's going to allow us to respond properly and it's going to actually bring us much more peace and direction in times of uncertainty. So what I'd like to do this morning is just briefly kind of wrap up our series by reading through all 13 verses again of 1 Corinthians chapter 10. If you have your Bibles, it it starts off by saying this. Now I do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud, all passed through the sea, and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They all ate the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them, since they were struck down in the wilderness. Now these things took place as examples for us, so that we will not desire evil things as they did. Don't become idolaters as some of them were, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and got up to party. Let us not commit sexual immorality as some of them did, and in a single day 23,000 people died. Let us not test Christ as some of them did, and were destroyed in, by snakes. And don't complain as some of them did, and were killed by the destroyer. These things happened to them as examples, and they were written for our instruction, on whom the end of the ages have come. So, whoever thinks he stands must be careful not to fall. No temptation has come upon you except what is common to humanity. But God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able but with the temptation, he will also provide a way out so that you may be able to bear it. This is a key passage for us to look at because what Paul is doing is he's connecting us to the course of humanity and he's reminding us that in these times that we all go through, these times in the desert, we are all going to be tempted in a similar way. He highlights four ways that we can all struggle with. For some of us, we might struggle with all of these areas of temptation. For others, it might just be one that continually is the one that we go to when things get tough, when things are hard in life. And so what we read here in verse 12 is Paul reminds us to be careful, to not just pretend or assume or have the wrong view of ourselves that we will never struggle like the Israelites did, that we're better or uh, we've overcome these things. But he's saying, be careful, watch out, make sure that you don't get too overconfident in yourself because that is the prescription for failure. We know the Bible tells us that pride, arrogance, self-reliance comes before a fall. And so he's saying, be careful. Listen to these examples. As you go through seasons in the desert, don't fall in the same way because these temptations are common to all of us. And that's what we read in verse 13. He says that the things that, that, that they experience are similar things that you and I can experience. We can struggle with idolatry, looking to something for comfort or security other than God. We can struggle with sexual immorality and indulging those desires of the sinful flesh. We can complain about what God has provided and question, does he really know what he's doing? And we can actually resist and begin to blame our leaders that God has put over us. 
But this is what the Bible tells us. This is what Paul tells us here in verse 13, is that when we are in the desert and when we face these kinds of temptations, God is faithful. And he's faithful to provide a way out. So the real question for us this morning is, what will we do? How will we respond when we are in the desert? This morning, uh, we want to share a few conversations that Pastor Matt was able to have this week with a few people from Salem Heights Church. And uh, you might recognize these folks, but what we want to do this morning is just let you hear from them on how God led them through a season in the desert and how when they chose to respond in trust to God, how he delivered them from those temptations. So Cindy, I'm thankful that we get to have this time together. Me too. And you have been my PA for how long? Uh, about four and a half years. Okay. Now, before you became my PA, right, you had a desert experience. I did. Tell us tell us what, what that was and, and how it came about, how that unfolded. Okay. So probably two years before that was my desert experience, although interestingly enough, I wouldn't have called it that at the time, but that's how Satan is. And I was struggling with... Um, new leadership with Pastor Ron leaving and finding myself being critical and not wanting to be involved in the ministries. And so I, I, I had been so heavily involved, but found myself slowly backing away from that and not participating very much and kind of isolating myself. Mm -hmm. And I was definitely not happy or content. And, but but didn't realize it obviously at the time that that's what was happening. Yeah. And you'd said you'd even at one point talk to Rick about leaving. Yes, I sure did. Yeah. I was just convinced that it, it was time to move on. And, um, I, I just didn't know where to go or what to do. And of course I did know what to do and that was run to God, but instead I, I ran away yeah. and, and sought that in other places and I just really felt like I wouldn't be happy content whatever until we went somewhere else and started right. over okay so you had that desert experience and then you came out of that desert experience through the Lord's help tell us about that so in getting to come onto the Salem Heights Church staff um, I've said this before so some of you may have heard it but I was approached in Fred Meyer by Pastor Justin on a chance encounter. And he just said, would you ever consider, you know, coming back to work at the church? Cause I had worked here a number of years ago and, um, it really just kind of took me aback. And, um, I said, I would pray about it. And I did. And I really felt a lot of peace about it. And so I did come on staff and also almost at the same time, I, um, got back involved with a women's Bible study and was very convicted of my desert experience and realized that what I had been experiencing was just pure selfish pride and that I was wearing the crown mm -hmm. instead of letting God wear the crown. And I was ruling my own little kingdom of me, myself, and I and getting nowhere, obviously. And that, that was the start of then opening up and letting God work in me and through me I was exposed as your PA to a, on a deeper level, level to the most excellent way and the wonderful, wonderful people that are involved in that ministry and, and the 
life transformation that I saw. And in, in particular was an, a, a baptismal service that I got to attend. And one of the ladies from the Samanka house was being baptized. And after she was baptized and she, she stood up, this whole row of women from Samanka were clapping and cheering and yelling. And I remember sitting back behind them thinking, I want somebody to cheer for me. I, I don't have anybody that does that. And it was like, well, that's because you've isolated yourself and you haven't been involved or participating. And, um, and then again, another chance encounter with your sweet wife, Lori, who just randomly said, you know, we really could use some mentors. We have a lot of gals who need mentors from Samanka and we're just having a hard time finding them. And she didn't even look at me and say, would you be interested? But boy, the Holy Spirit got me right there. And my first thought was, oh no, that's not for me. And he just kept working on, working on me. And so I went back to her and I said, Lori, I think I'm supposed to be a mentor. And she knew exactly who I should be with. And I met my sweet Leslie and that started another whole peeling back some more of those layers that I had put on. And um, I was transformed by the renewing of my mind. I am, I am not in the desert. I am free from that bondage and loving, helping other women in their walk with the Lord, becoming more mature in Christ. They challenge me as much as I guess I challenge them. Yeah. Um, Leslie has gone on to be married, have a child, is now serving in the most excellent way. And now I have my sweet Jackie and I'm doing it all over again. And it is a blessing from the Lord. It is a blessing from the Lord. And what a, a great thing to have you as my personal assistant. And what a great thing to be able to have this time where you got to share that with all of us. So thank you, Cindy. You're welcome. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Josh. Yes, sir. You and I have been doing ministry together uh, since 2012. Yes. 2012 is when you came out of prison. Yes, sir. So you've had a desert experience. One or two. One or two. Why don't you share with us, when we were talking about doing this with, for these folks, to tell us about your desert experience. You know, the, the one that really applies to what we've been talking about with the church is, you know, when I, so in, I went to prison and uh, gave my life to the Lord in prison um, and then spent about six months, almost six months in um, solitary confinement in the hole. And in that, during that time, it's really when I was able to start to get into the Word and, and see what God's Word had to say. And then when I got out of prison, um, while I was in prison, uh, my ex-wife had served me with divorce papers and told me that she was taking the kids, uh, my two biological children, with her to Florida. And so when I paroled from um, prison in 2012, um, my kids and my ex-wife were residing in, in Florida and during that time um, well I started coming here to church I, about four days after I got out I got out on a Tuesday and that Saturday there was a men's breakfast and um, you and Pastor Justin and, and Carl had come up and you gave me a hug and said if you're serious and ready we're here for you and I've been coming ever since mm -hmm. and during that time um, I started finding out things that were going on with my children that uh, let me know how unsafe it was for them. And I applied to go to, to Florida um, so that I could be with my kids. 
and uh, Florida said absolutely not. They would not allow me to transfer my parole from Oregon to their state. And uh, I, I was struggling with that. I was struggling with, with unbelief. I was struggling with you know, pride that I could take care of it on my own and just go. Um, but instead, I, I reached out to you and you met me at um, Sherry's restaurant on Lancaster. And we had a conversation about what that would look like. You know, I would end up in prison in another state or I would get away with it and get back here and then end up in back in prison here for breaking the stipulations of my uh, my parole. And uh, you took me to Matthew 633, um, which says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all other things will be added. And you continued to share, you know, scripture. And we talked about what it would look like for me to just put my trust in the Lord and not do this on my own accord or my own understanding and see what God had to do and had to say in it and what the Holy Spirit was going to do. And it was eight months later from our um, conversation that uh, I was awarded by the courts sole custody of uh, both Jeremiah and Brooklyn, and they've been with me ever since. Eight months later. Eight months later. And if you had gone down the wrong path, that never happens. Correct. So when, when we talk about coming out of that desert experience, is there anything else you'd want to share about how the Lord took you out of that desert experience in that? Well, you know, just really watching and trusting in Him, seeing, you know, what He had in store for me. Uh, you know, if I would have went on my own, and I would have stayed in that desert experience. Yeah. Um, but instead, I'm, you know, I now have Jeremiah in Brooklyn. Um, I'm married. You know, I get to serve here with the most excellent way, with you, Um you know, you've been mentoring me for almost 20 years and pointing me towards Jesus. And now, all these years later, you know, my life looks way different. Yeah. And uh, knowing that I can trust God, you know, watching God work through different scenarios throughout my, my time um, of knowing him and then him pointing me towards him being even in control of different circumstances, you know, leading up to that. My life is astronomically different today because yeah. I was obedient to what his word says rather than my own thinking. There you go. Well, I'm thankful for you, thankful to serve in ministry with you and that we get to have this time together talking about how God brought you out of an individual. You've had plenty of desert experiences, yes. but the one you shared with us is powerful. So thank you, Josh. When I've had lots of uh, conversations with you about... Uh, what I want to do, yeah, and you telling me what I should do <laughs> from the word, from the word, All yes, right. every right. time. And now it life is great. Yeah, All right. thank you, thank you, Pastor. Yep. Well, I'm here now with uh, Pastor Matt, and uh, first off, thank you for sharing those stories with us. But as we kind of wrap up this series, I guess the question that I would love for you to speak to is just how do these stories kind of help encapsulate what we've been trying to get across here in this series? As you heard from Josh, you heard from Cindy, the thing that was going through my mind just listening to both of them is as you and Pastor Justin have done a great job with this series and we're supposed to inspect ourselves, mm -hmm. we're supposed to be able to come alongside with comfort from God's word and for each other, and then we're supposed to elevate our view. And what I was hearing from the two of them is this, you have a 
a, you know, a, a lady, a Disney mom. I mean, literally, she loves Disney. Right. She, everybody would love her as a mom. Everybody would love her as a grandma. And sweet lady, you can't meet a sweeter person. And she found herself in the desert mm -hmm. with a negative attitude towards leadership, not liking the way things are going, mm -hmm. and wanting to, wanting to take off. Yeah. Okay, so then you get this hardened criminal who comes to Christ in a prison cell. He, he comes out, comes to our men's breakfast, and starts walking this walk and immediately starts getting videos of his kiddos in Florida mm -hmm. and going, I have to take matters into my own hands. I have a negative perspective of authority. Mm -hmm. and, and in the midst of this, I've got to run. It, no temptation. According to our text here, mm -hmm. what, what you guys have been sharing is um, that there's no temptation in verse 13 has overtaken you, but such as is common to man and God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able but with the temptation will provide the way of escape also, so that you will be able to endure it. Yeah. Two people, both saved, brother and sister in Christ, big difference in backgrounds. Yeah. No temptation has overtaken you, yeah. but it's common to man. And, and what did God do? Came in with his word. They, they began to inspect themselves. Others came alongside and comforted them. And then they elevated their view back to God and said, what, what, what have I been doing? Yeah. And so in the midst of that, Josh ends up with his kids eight months later, full custody. Miracles are real. Praise the Lord. Because miracles by definition are no way that can ever happen. Yeah. Okay. And then it happens. Yeah. And then for Cindy, it's just as much of a miracle, just as much the Spirit of God in her and through her that she randomly runs into Justin Fred Myers and he, and he looks at her and says, you know, we really value you. And I, and I know more. She didn't bring that part up, but and we, we love you. Yeah. And what happens? Well, God provided a way of escape from the desert. Yeah. So. Well, Matt, thanks so much for helping us share those stories this week. Absolutely. I really enjoy it. Yeah. Thank you. I hope you're encouraged by these stories because for me, they help me understand that God is faithful as Paul is telling us here in this passage. He's faithful to care. He's faithful to love. But he's also faithful to provide a way out from temptation. But there's one thing that I want to just hit on as we wrap up, and that is sometimes we've seen this verse, verse 13, kind of applied to maybe this idea that God's never going to give me more than I can handle. Maybe you've thought that, or maybe you've chosen to believe that. And, and that's a, I understand that thought, but I think it's important for us to remember that there is a difference between trials and temptation. See, the reality is that God will give you trials. He will allow you to go through things in life that you can't handle. And he does it intentionally. See, trials and hardships in life, even seasons in the desert, put us in situations where it forces us to choose the only choice we have. It forces us to turn to God because it puts us in situations where we can't solve our mess. We can't get ourselves out of the problem. We can't fix the problem that we have. And so God is saying, I'm going to let you go through the desert. I'm actually going to use times in the desert, times in the wilderness, the heat to actually refine you, to, to drive you to me, to point you towards my goodness, to leave you with an option that says, follow me and I will lead you. Think about it in the scriptures. God led his people into many situations where on paper, man, there was no possible way that they were going to be able to prevail. Think about God sending Moses to, to tell Pharaoh, let these people go. Think about God sending Joshua and telling him, march around this city of Jericho 
and, and just walk around it. And at the end of seven days, you're going to let out a trumpet blast and a yell from the people and the walls are just going to fall down and you're going to overtake it. Think about God sending Elijah to take on 450 prophets of Baal. These are all situations where this doesn't make sense. It doesn't seem like this would be easy. In fact, I'm actually putting myself in harm's way. And yet God puts those men in situations where he is going to come through supernaturally and show everyone that he is God. No, God will let you go through hardships that you can't handle, but he can. And he does it to point us and to draw us to himself. But a trial is different than a temptation because here's the key difference. God will never leave us in a situation where the only option is to choose to sin, where the only option is to choose to go against God. Yes, in these times of trial, in these times of the desert, we might be tempted to turn away from God and to take things into our own hands. But the Bible tells us here, God will not let that be the only option. He will provide a way out, a way that draws you back to him, a way that forces you to grab a hold of him. And that is our desire for you this morning, is that you will look at these, this passage, that you will read 1 Corinthians chapter 10, and you will see that you have a choice today. As you go through hardships, as you walk through this season in the desert, in the season in the wilderness, that you will see that you have a choice to either trust God, to believe in his faithfulness, to choose to follow him, even though it might be hard, even though you might not have all the answers, rather than choosing to fall away from him, to choose something else. And, and, and we know that sometimes those temptations make promises, right? Sometimes those, those temptations, those things that are trying to draw us away, are going to promise that they're going to make us happy. They're going to make us healthy. They're going to offer protection and security. But what we know from the beginning is that the lies of the devil, the, decept the deceit and evil that is in our world through sin is never for our good. No matter how good it looks on the surface, it is always for our harm. But God is always for our good. We know that we've been in a season of trial. And so hopefully you will see today that you have a choice. Whether you have a relationship with God today or you don't, everyone watching this has a choice to either trust God and to choose to follow Him because He's a faithful God who's provided a way for us to have a relationship with Him through His Son, Jesus Christ. Or to listen to the warning that says, don't fall away from Him because that comes at great peril. I've got a few questions for you to discuss in your home groups this morning as we wrap up. And the first question is this. I would encourage you guys to inspect your own hearts and, and just to share with your group. Which of these four ways that the Israelites struggled with that we see here in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 do you tend to go to or do you tend to struggle with in seasons in the desert? Question number two is, share a time when choosing Christ saved you from a terrible decision. Uh, this might take a little bit more time to reflect on, but for some of you it might come quickly. A time where man, I was maybe kind of heading this direction, but I chose to trust God, follow Him, and I learned on the other side of that, man, I was heading towards a terrible decision, and God was faithful. The final question I have you guys to discuss is, what comfort do you find this morning in the reality of God's faithfulness? Would you pray with me? Father God, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you so much that you care, not only just to give us uh, guidance, but you warn us, God. You, as a good father, you sit down and you put your arm around our shoulder and you point out, hey, see that over there? Stay away from it. 
I see this thing over here? Pursue that. God, thank you for taking the time to lovingly explain to us the dangers of a life apart from you and to lovingly invite us into relationship with you and being so faithful to remind us that even in times of the desert, God, you will provide a way. So God, help us to see in times of trial and hardship in those seasons in the desert that our only choice is to really choose you and that we would be faithful to choosing you, God. And God, as temptation rises up in our, in our lives and things try to pull our affection and attention away from you, that we would recognize that that is not good and that we would take the way back to you that you will provide in every situation of temptation. God, we love you. We thank you for the way that you are saving and redeeming lives. And God, we ask and invite you to continue to do that redeeming work in our hearts this morning. We pray this all in your son's beautiful name.